Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's WM Phoenix Open. I'm Rick Gaming. That right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, good to see you, bud. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Super Bowl week. Happy Waste Management Week. The uh, the annual bachelor party of the PGA Tour, it feels like. Uh, but it's always a fun week, always a fun tournament, always a great weekend. I'm excited for it. I have an affinity for this event, so uh, I'm looking forward to the next 45 minutes of Power Hour, buddy. You know who else is looking forward to it? Matthew is. He says, thanks, Joe and Rick. First week playing last week over 100% ROI. Yes. I'm no mathematician, Joe, but that sounds like a good number to me. That sounds like a great number. I think he, I recognize the picture. I feel like we might have given him 20 bucks recently, so hopefully he put that to good use. I think we did actually. Yeah. So here's, here's how you can be like Matthew. Go ahead and comment with your jock market username in the chat right now. That'll get you into a draw to win $20 in jock bucks. And we'll pick those out as the evening goes on. Also, if you're a first time player and you want to deposit, use the code power. It's up to a $50 deposit bonus. And if you've just stumbled in here and you have no idea what's going on, this is stock market DFS. This is your opportunity to bid on shares of golfers around 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Those shares are going to be allocated to the highest bidder. And then there are guaranteed payouts, Joe. That's kind of what makes this different than the stock market, right? The guaranteed yeah. payouts for first through X position, uh, that is really how we're keeping score in this whole thing. And I'll, I'll pull up last week's stats in just a second. Yeah, absolutely. So first through 80th place will pay out on a spectrum from $1 to $25. Uh, you're going to pull up the payouts now, what we saw last week, and we can look at even waste management data from last year oh, sure. on our okay, website let's, as let's well, the that. free yeah. tools section. So um, very cool. This IPO hour will determine the price that you pay for each player. But as this event sort of as they tee off tomorrow morning, everything is live. Everything is fluid. You can sell those shares. You can bid on shares and add players. You can look to short athletes. So it's a very much an open uh, market in terms of from now until a trophy is hoisted on Sunday afternoon. So let me give you a couple of examples of this. Last year, that's the data we're showing right now. Last year, Brooks Kepka sold for $7.30 because he won the event. He got the full $25 per share payout. So it was $17.00. And 70 cents of profit per share. Xander Shoffley was more expensive, 1025, but his final payout was $20 a share. So you still made $9.75 per share. KH Lee was a big time mover, $2.13 in the IPO, final payout, $18. So that's that's how it works, Joe. And I'll I, I want to take us back to, to last week's ATT Pebble Beach Pro Am for a more yeah. recent example of this. And I want to point out. Uh, right here, Mr. Patrick Cantlay, who we talked about, you know, ad nauseum last week, $12.21 was the most expensive he's ever been. Still, Joe, still, Joe, returned you a profit. Every time, I believe now, still, uh, yeah. that he's been priced over $10 in an IPO, he has actually made you money, which I would say confidently he's the only player you're going to be able to, to say that about. So, um, very cool stuff from Cantlay. He's so consistent right now. Hasn't come through with the win of recent since the tour championship, but um, right now seems to be really sort of dialed in at all facets. Yes. The four most expensive IPOs for Patrick Cantlay, 1221, $12, $10.54, $10. He has returned a profit to, to return a profit to exceed expectation at your four all time highs is he has to be the only golfer anywhere close to that. I'll run the numbers later, but yeah. that is so hard to pull off. So hard to pull off. Basically, it means he has to finish 12th or better in every single one of those tournaments, um, which is which is unique, which is unheard of. Um, and he actually has not won any of them, right? So he's doing it without the, the winning clip in there uh, to give it that sort of super boost. But he's been so consistent of late. Another good setup for him again this week. We'll see where that price creeps up, but you know who is back in the field this week, Mr. Jock Market. Perfect segue because the most expensive golfer in Jock Market history, his name is John Rahm, at this event last year sold for $12.51. That is the highest IPO ever. Now he would go on to pay out $9.50. So you lost $3 a share on John Rahm, but he's playing better than he ever has. This time around, Joe, are we 40 minutes away from crowning a new all-time high in the jock market? 
I don't think so. Oh, come on. You're no high. fun. Come on. Hey, listen, we were in different times this time last year. Uh, I think the strategy has changed. I mentioned that a bit with Cantlay last week, but there's the field is so deep. There's so many good players in it. It's tough. I mean, the amount of times, he, like, so Cantlay, who's obviously, what, the number three or four player in the world, had been over $10 four times ever. Look at the amount of times John Rump's stock market IPO yeah. was cleared 10 there. I was just looking. It pretty much ran to the bottom of your page. Not a lot of positive payouts there. I see a good bit of red on the screen. So um, there's certainly some spikes in there, but a bunch of, um, yeah, that's a lot. Well, there is, it's, a, it's a good mixed bag, I would say, but um, there's a lot of instances where he's gone over 10. I expect him to probably settle in the mid $11 range tonight. I'll take the other side. I'll say we are going to break a record tonight. He's going to go for $12.52 or more expensive because that's that's the fun thing to root for. So we'll okay. see if uh we'll see if the jock market can make me come true. All right. So what we've been doing is we've been playing this little game, Joe. It's called bullish or bearish. It's our opportunity to talk about four different golfers individually and decide whether we are bullish or bearish on a specific price because this is the jock market. Everybody has a price. You could be down on a golfer. I could hate Tony Finau this week, but if you offer me to, uh, him to me at $1.20 a share, I'm buying all the Tony Finau I can get. So that's why we play this game, right? Because it really is about the right golfer at the right price. Yep. Uh, who you want to do first? All right. So I picked out four guys here. Let's start. Hold on. Let me put up this beautiful graphic. There we go. Now, you know, we're in bullish or bearish mode because if you're watching on YouTube, the graphic is up. Let's start with the X-Man Xander Shoffley, $8 and 63 cents is his fair value. That is asking him to finish 15th or better. So X-Man since that Olympics victory has been fine. He's yeah. been it's been okay. It's been good, I guess. Uh, at $8.63 a share, are you bullish or bearish on Xander? I'm going to take bearish. Um, something's off, and I think it mostly started with the driver, and it could have potentially trickled down into other parts of his game. I just think that price point for me is a little bit inflated. It's basically asking him to finish in the top 15 this week, which is right around his odds prices. So I do think it could go either way. However, you see a, a good bit. What is that? Five consecutive starts there where he did not make back the $8.63 mark. So I'm going to go bearish this week. Be a little bit down on Xander, I suppose. What about you, bud? I find this one to be very difficult. I will I will take bullish just because um, the guys that you want to be early on are the studs. And it's not like he's been bad. He's just been worse than what we would normally expect from him, which I don't think is a huge deal. I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's a huge deal. He's played well at, at, at TPC Scottsdale before. I think he has four consecutive top 20s. He finished runner up here uh, last year. So it, I'll, I'll take the bullish side just because I think we're going to get a week where he finishes second and he pays out the $20 a share. And it feels like it's, it might be brewing here shortly. Okay. A guy we have not seen play competitively for quite some time is Louis Ustazen. His fair value for this evening is $7.13, which is essentially asking him to finish 21st or better. Uh, Louis, the last time we saw him, was the RSM Classic. He withdrew after, I believe it was one round. Bullish or bearish on Louis? I'm going to go bullish. I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer here, even though we have not seen him and hope that he can make it through four rounds of play. And if he does... He's been very successful in terms of ROI. If you look yes. at those numbers there from, um, what is that, October of 2020, I look back even a little bit further into the last 19 markets here, and it looks like uh, on your site has 33% average ROI essentially over the last 20. Really, really good. Like This is the perfect type of platform that you can feel pretty confident on American soil and betting and, and putting some hard-earned dollars on Louis Oosthuizen. I'm going to go bullish. I will as well. I, I just think that uh, longer term, it's kind of Rom number one, Cantlay number two, uh, Louis probably three or four. If you look at the last six months or so, he's been that good, not necessarily as of late into that that fall portion of the schedule. But um, yeah, he, two, two starts in, in Phoenix and he's been great in both of them. I'm hoping the sentiment is down on someone like Louis because we haven't seen him play competitively, but it doesn't mean Joe... 
he hasn't been playing golf, obviously. He's right. a professional. It's what he does for a living. So um, I will join you on the bullish side of Louie. How about Bubba Watson? $6.01, essentially asking him to finish 27th or better. Uh, Bubba's done everything but win in Phoenix. Everything yeah. but win. Are you bullish or bearish on Bubba? I'm going to go bullish tonight. Um, just got a feeling about him, Rick. I, I think that he's in a good spot. What did he finish second last week in Saudi? We haven't seen him in a while. It looks like since October. I was wondering if that was right when we saw him basically at the CJ Cup there. Um, so it's been a while for Bubba. I think that the time off will hopefully have done him some good. We know that he's undergone a caddy change. I just see kind of a bounce back year this year for Bubba. He was pretty solid last year, um, tee to green. He's still, even at age, I don't know, 43, 44, whatever he is, gets it out there plenty far off the tee with a lot of these young guys. And if he can just have himself a good putting week, I think he'll be in good shape. He tends to have those good putting weeks on courses where he's familiar and confident on the greens. He comes back to them every year and seemingly plays well. Bullish on Bubba Watson this week for me, sir. I will also side with you on the bullish team because uh, this is a good stretch for Bubba. He played well last week. Phoenix has been great to him. Riviera next week has been great to him. I, I feel like this is good vibe in Bubba Watson, and you kind of want to catch him in these streaks. He's a streaky guy, and I think this is – uh, likely the start of a pretty good stretch. And the best part about it is he doesn't have to win, right? Like he doesn't right. have to win, uh, especially the price we're putting him at 601. That's 25th or better. So like, come on. I, I think Bubs can, uh, can do that for us. Yep. Finally. And make sure your jock market username is in the chat. I'll draw the first 20 bucks here in just one second. Very easy way to get involved. Kevin Kisner. I've got him at $4.57, Joe, which is essentially a 37th place finish or better. Kisner coming off a miscut at Pebble Beach last week. Are you bullish or bearish on Kisner? I'll take the bearish side on Kiz. Basically saying that he's going to finish 38th or worse. We saw the two spikes there in Hawaii where he played well. Obviously, the Wyndham, you see the big $25 jump there that he won this past year. But a lot of miscuts missed in between. Um, this doesn't strike me, and I don't have the course history in front of me, but as a great spot for Kevin Kisner, even though we are on sort of the Tiff Eagle greens that are super fast that should um, set up nicely for him, I think that uh, you know this is more of a off-the-tee course. This is more you can really take advantage with strengths off the tee and getting yourself in position to make birdies. I'll take bearish on Kiz. All right, I'll take the other side of this. I'll take the bullish side. I think you're right that this is a more important off-the-tee course than people want you to believe because it's harder than average to hit these fairways. 59% of the time is what the tour uh, pros are doing it at, but Kisner's the most accurate driver of the ball, so I think he's going to be playing out of the fairway quite a bit, and I'm, I'm always happy to kind of um, throw away that Pebble Beach start. Like It's just a yeah. weird event. There's a lot going totally. on. Kisner does not come across as a pro-am guy to me. So um, I, I'll take the bullish side on Kiz. Yeah, I think that that's not the exact uh, best place for Kiz in the six-hour rounds. I can't imagine he enjoyed that too much. So good spot for a bounce back. All right, I'm about to give away a little bit of money, but while I pick the winner, Joe, uh, let's tackle this question from Andy because I think it's important he says, is jock market still pumping funds into the market? It seems like if I add up the total profit for all golfers, it's greater than $0. So someone is paying for that, right? I believe they're still running at a loss on this, aren't they? Yeah, they run at a loss on most contests. From my understanding, I'm trying to sort of um, make sure that I'm understanding his question correctly. So the payouts times the number of, I believe he's looking at uh, suggested price versus the total number of payouts. Um, which should line up relatively even. Sometimes it's, it's two bucks here in one way or the other. Uh, but from my understanding, it's still very profitable if you play it the right way. Okay, that maybe I didn't understand his question then. Um, let me give away the first 20 bucks tonight, and it's going to go to PTA1234. 
That sounds like a fake made up name, but you are on the board. We'll get $20 into your account in the next couple of business days. I'll send your name over to the guys at Jock Market. They will credit your account. And if you want to be like PTA1234, you all you have to do is drop your Jock Market username in the chat right now, and that will get you entered into a draw. And of course, if you have not deposited yet the code that you're looking for, power up to a $50 deposit bonus. Joe. I'm going to unveil the big board for the first time here in just a moment. Um, we have seen a lot of early action for the favorites uh, the last couple of weeks, and I can now confirm that is the case again this evening because John Rahm yeah. live in real time, $10.61 a share. He is now over already with about 25 minutes to go over his fair value. And he is already being asked to finish 10th or better. Would you like to amend your prediction that he will not be the most expensive golfer ever this evening? Uh, I'm going to stick with my gut. <laughs> but listen, what you said makes a lot of sense. Like John Rahm's seven to one to win, right? There's so much more, I feel like, upside. I would never bet him seven to one to win this tournament. But there is a strategy that makes a ton of sense in terms of buying him. At this price, even at $11 a share, that's asking him to finish. Is that basically the top 10 mark from what I believe? Yes. Either way, that's asking him to finish top 10. So if he finishes 11th, you're only going down 50 cents a share. It's not like if he finishes second on an outright ticket, you win nothing on your seven to one. These top players, the, what really kind of separates them is their floor is very low. So John Rahm can show up here with his B, maybe B minus game and still like top 15 this thing. If he wants to win, the PGA Tour is so good and so deep right now. He still needs to be at an A, A plus level because somebody's going to play to that level. But he doesn't have to bring everything. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to hole a couple 40 footers. He doesn't have to chip in. He doesn't have to do the things that you do when you end up winning a golf tournament in order to pay you off. He can be just fine trot his way along, finish in six, and pay you out some money per share. 1061 at last refresh for John Rahm. Who knows? He might be already more expensive than that. I'll refresh in just a second. But that's a $2.5 gap down to Justin Thomas, who is the second pre-ranked golfer. That matters, Joe, because the pre-rank is what breaks ties. And in golf, where there are a lot of ties, that pre-rank becomes very, very valuable. So Rom is the only person who's going to edge out Justin Thomas for a share price. Um, $8 already for JT. I'm, I'm certainly very excited about Justin Thomas. He's returned you a profit in three of the last four. This is, I believe a ball strikers course. I think that you get a lot of flat putts around here. This could be a spot where JT thrives. What, what say you? I always have some concerns about Justin Thomas, but I have less here. You mentioned three of the last four he returned to profit. Even that one that he didn't, he was in first for a while. That T20 at the Farmers was probably a bit disappointing for him. I believe after Friday, he sat at the top of the leaderboard. So things could have easily gone another way for him there. Look, two things. This is a spot, one, where we've seen really good ball strikers and average to below average putters break through and win. We saw Woodland do it. We saw Stanley Hideki. do it. I would say Brooks <laughs> is probably an average to below average putter at this point. Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that seems right up Justin Thomas's alley. The other sort of unquantifiable thing about this tournament that you're not really going to find in a stat model is players that feed off this type of atmosphere and environment. And you watch Justin Thomas in any Ryder cup or president's cup he's been in. He loves the raucous crowd. He loves getting people fired up. He really seems to sort of feed off of that energy from the crowd. And I think that this spot, you get that more than any other stop on the PGA tour. So if he can use that to his uh, advantage, it should suit him well. And he'll definitely be uh one of the pro popular golfers, right? I mean, he's basically so. the de facto Captain America at this point with what yeah. he's done in Ryder Cups. I mean, I, I imagine that he is going to be, um, yeah, I, I imagine it's going to be a positive sentiment thrown at JT this week. Yeah, and he has fun with it, right? He enjoys it. He welcomes the crowd. He's put on the jersey at 16 before. I know that he's 
he really sort of enjoys it and embraces everything that is the waste management tournament. So um, I think that's sort of the the hidden ingredient this week with a lot of these guys is how will that affect them? My clock says 8.50. Nope, it says 8.35 p.m. Eastern time. So in about 20 minutes or so, this IPO is going to uh, close. There's kind of a 90-second window. We'll talk more about that uh, in a little bit. But start getting those bids in now. Obviously, make sure your notifications are turned on and you're favoriting your golfers. Hideki Matsuyama is next, Joe. And I'll give this big board a refresh here in just one second. But Hideki, at last check, was $5.55 a share. He's kind of with these, you know, Victor Hovlins. And I'll actually just show you the, the top 10 on the board, you know, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama, Scotty Scheffler. That's kind of the, the range that he's in. How do you think the sentiment for Hideki, which is normally, I believe, below average or below what it should be, changes at a place that he's thrived at? I think it does change here. Look, yeah. we've talked about it before that every time the sort of the closing bell rings, we often look back and are a little bit in awe of, how low Hideki's price was. Um, but listen, two wins in his last four starts, plus coming back to waste management where it feels like everyone and their mother knows to just kind of play Hideki at waste management. So um, he's not going to be very under the radar like we've seen him in the past this week uh, would be my guess. Currently flying under the radar, and this is obviously going to change, but Patrick Cantlay is still at $1 per share. Xander Shoffley still at $1 per share. Scotty Scheffler still at $1 per share. Um, those are three golfers in the top seven who have not budged off of their, their $1 starting mark yet. Uh, of those three, Joe, Cantlay, Xander, and, and Scotty, are you... Uh, do you have a, a significant lean on one of those guys or is, uh, someone who you're you're hoping to really get in your portfolio tonight? I think Cantlay is the best player. In terms of who ends up finding their way into my portfolio, it's all going to depend on price. I imagine Scotty will be the cheapest and most affordable of those options, which makes him uh, you know, attractive in a sense. But you look at the trajectory and that Cantlay's on right now, coming back to um, a spot where should line up great for his strengths again, right? Great driver of the ball right now. Everything seems to be clicking except maybe uh, some short game woes from time to time seem to be seem to be sort of kicking them or at least did last week when in contention. Um, I don't think you're going to have that problem here. Really big greens. Uh, if he puts himself in the fairway, he's going to just have a ton of 15 to 20 foot looks for birdie. So I expect him to play well. And I think that he's probably the safest option depending on price. Look at that last six events the tail on this Jeez. thing right I, I mean just absolutely piling up wins for his backers if you're watching yeah. on youtube he's been scorching hot it's unbelievable yeah four wins remember the only I, the only guy i can tell you that for sure that has it that's gonna have four wins on that uh graph yeah absolutely right um okay couple of interesting guys here and then we'll open it up to to really anybody if there's if there's somebody in the chat uh that wants to present a guy please do but Jordan Spieth. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Jordan Spieth, uh, you know, was in the midst of a really poor stretch of golf. And I think there was a big question mark as he went to Pebble Beach and he played well at Pebble Beach. Played yes. well here last year as well. How confident are you that he can kind of back up his performance from last week with another good one? I'm pretty confident in it. I'm a little scared of it, but I'm also pretty confident in it. Look, we talked for a good three or four minutes last week, if you roll the tape, on how it, maybe this is a buy low spot for Jordan, right? I wouldn't bet him, we said, but you know, it, when their price is at an all-time low and, and you're sitting there in the basement, it may be time to buy some shares, and he looked great. He was in position to win that. Um, there are some things with the swing that are clearly going on in his head in his mind before he makes a shot. But look, he, you see him right there. There was a low and then there was a, a stretch of golf where he played really damn well. Then there was a low. Now we might be on a stretch where he comes back to a place in uh, TPC Scottsdale, where when I looked at like the last eight years, he's second in the strokes gained approach here, which is not his MO. Obviously Hideki is first, but second is Jordan Spieth at this course. Um, he just finds himself a way to score, Rick, which is hard because 
it seems like he doesn't hit a lot of fairways. It seems like he doesn't hit a lot of good approaches. It seems like everything is neurotic and scrambled and volatile. But at the end of 18 holes, he leaves himself like eight or nine good looks at birdie, and he makes a lot of them. So if he gets on these runs where he has a little bit of, of magic and he's like, for me, it's more about him just playing his own game and, and being sort of a shot maker and embracing it. I didn't love what I saw before about him really trying to manufacture a swing, but it felt like something may have changed last week. We'll see if he can ride that uh, momentum. All right, fair enough. Let me give away a little bit more money here. Uh, Brendan Kelly, you're on the board. Congratulations. We'll get that $20 over to you here in the next couple of days. If you want to also earn $20 into the jock market, it's very, very simple to do. All you have to do is comment with your jock market username. That's it. It's literally it. It's the easiest thing in the world, and I'll probably end up giving you a little bit of cash. Joe, um, I, I just did a refresh here on the board and uh there's not a lot of movement we've got rom at 1061 jt at 806 hideki and victor hovland the only golfers over five dollars they're over seven dollars so i kind of wanted to open this up to you uh instead of kind of putting you in a price range is there just someone or some ones that you are more excited about than people would probably expect so this is kind of feel like the year of if the stats sort of tell you to play a guy, you should probably play him. For instance, when I ran like a, a brief little model at the Sony, it basically spit out and screamed, play Cameron Smith. Mm-hmm. When I did one at, I'm sorry, that was a tournament champion. So I did one for Sony. It was like Russell Henley was popping everywhere and he probably should have won. Should have won it. Yeah. Then you had Luke List was like showing up. The stats were everywhere. Just play him. Tom Hoagie, same thing. The stats led you right to the well. You just got to play him for this week. That guy for me, and there's a ton of question marks, is Daniel Berger. Yeah. Um, he has ridden on a great run of approach. He just hasn't made a lot of putts. But um, if you run any sort of model, he's going to be very highly rated in there. The question mark, obviously, is the withdrawal last week and the potential back injury, which is probably the scariest injury you can have for a golfer. But I'm hoping that – um, we're going to have to watch his price. He's currently at a dollar unless I need to refresh here. I'm sure that that's probably going to get close um, in the high sixes or low sevens, but I'll be very interested to see where that price gets because I think the stats are telling me to play him and I should just listen. Yeah, he is. Uh, I think he's an X factor for this week. He is literally, I'm, I'm, I'm hardly exaggerating here. The last six months or 12 months, he's basically a top eight player. Like that's hardly, it's hardly an exaggeration. And it is in a way, as Joe mentioned with the iron play that should be really, really good here. So the only question is that withdrawal now, um, last week he did it on Wednesday night. So you're, I'm hoping that he, if he, if he's going to do it, he would have done it already, which we didn't even talk about Webb Simpson withdrew from this, uh, from this event. Right. Just, just a couple of hours ago. Yeah. So, uh, it is out as well. Yeah, it is not the ramifications of that, not as large as when Berger withdrew last week because there were really only two or three guys at the top of that board. Remember, mm-hmm. Joe? And it ended up just yeah. being like Cantley and Speeth were the only guys left. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, wishing Webb a, a speedy recovery, but the ramifications of that in in our world in this moment, not as not as large. Yes. Um, if you do happen to make a mistake and get shares of Webb or Harris English tonight, they will be politely refunded back into your account by the Jack Market team. They're very good about that. Yes, they are. Okay, a couple of guys that are coming through in the chat. Um, let's start with uh, Victor Hovland, $8.16. He has played this event one time, Joe. He has missed the cut. However, I, I don't have to remind you, he has won three of his last five starts across the globe. Not all of them have been available on the jock market. And he is currently going for $8 and 16 cents. He's your fourth pre-ranked golfer. Uh, how, how hard are you willing to press to get, to get Vic into your, into your portfolio tonight? Pretty hard. Uh, believe it or not, I have him number two. I have him ahead of Cantlay and Justin Thomas this week. I think that he's on an absolute tear right now. The one concern for me is this tends to be a sticky course history place. You mentioned Webb. you mentioned Hideki. Ricky seems to always play well here. Brooks has two wins. Um, so it seems to be a place where it, once you've kind of figure it out, you can go back to and succeed. But Vic's 
in such a mode right now, I'm not really concerned about it. I know he played it as an amateur. I'm not sure if he has an actual PGA Tour start here, but I do – maybe that's wrong, but I have a memory of him showing up at, like in Oklahoma State gear uh, playing this event. But, um, yeah, look, it should be a great course for him, right? You mentioned off the tee. I think he's maybe the best driver in the world right now of the golf ball. Uh, just on a tear. There's nothing bad you can say about his game. He's got the confidence to go along with all of the talent. I'm high on him tonight. What about you? Yeah, he's a, he's a killer. He's a killer. Like, he is just he is just getting it's, – it's actually funny. I, I think he's um, – <laughs> I was going to say he's hard to model. But he's at, he's not that hard to model because the metrics are so good. But he seems to be getting better all the time, which is yes. super scary. And it kind of makes sense. Like he picked up golf late. Like he was like eleven or twelve when he started playing, and now he's only twenty four or something outrageous. Like right. it, he he's getting better all the time. And and what's also crazy is he has room to improve which is like the short game stuff and because like, it's crazy. So the ceiling is phenomenally high. Um, So yes, I, I I think that it's even hard to look at what he did. I think it was two years ago when he played here and missed the cut. It's like, he's a completely different golfer and he's a completely different golfer than he was from three months ago, six months ago. He really is. And he's playing well while on a path to improvement, which I think a lot of players really struggle with when things are going great. They don't want to change anything. He's changing things like he's become a much better putter. He actually has improved his short game quite a bit. He's picking up distance. He's swinging harder. He's doing all these things while still rising the ranks in the world rankings. So um, the sky's the limit for him at this point. I think he's going to have a big year and I think he'll have a good week. The other name that keeps popping up in the chat is one that I know is uh, near and dear to your heart. And uh, it's Brooks Kepka. Uh, obviously, twice a winner at this event. However, Joe, the recent, the recent stuff, it's not pretty. Like, what are we, I, I find Brooks to be so hard to handicap. Um, so I'm just going to show you the numbers and, and they're pretty ugly to look at. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Um, it's tough. He's hard to handicap. He's hard to read. He's hard to ask questions to in the interview room. Everything about it is just hard right now. But the biggest stickler for me, and I was on him last year in the jock market and with a ticket, and it was probably my favorite Brooks win ever. Um, coming from six back on the back nine, the way he did it, the chip in, being able to sort of melt us a mid-tier player alongside of him and just sort of intimidate him, I thought really sort of brought him back. But, man... I don't know what it is, but the ball striking has gone away. He's not putting well. I I want to say, I don't know this for sure, but ever since he switched to Strixon and balls and clubs, he has not gained strokes once on approach um, since making that big equipment change. And, you know, he was always a guy who played whatever he wanted to. He played, a, like, I think, a Nike three iron and a Scotty putter and a TaylorMade driver and Mizuno irons. And he just played what works. Now he's got this whole bag of Strixon clubs. He went with the ball. I think that I don't know if that's messed with him, but um, the stats are not trending in a direction that I'm nearly as positive as I was coming into this last year. What about you? Uh, if his name wasn't Brooks Kepka, he would be 150 to one to win this. <laughs> I mean, the stat. I mean, it's it's really it's really bad. Uh, uh, lost lost strokes to the field in. Four of five, uh, five of seven. He's lost. He's losing strokes across the board off, off the tee three straight on approach in five of six around the green in the same rate. I mean, it's just, it's horrible. It's horrible. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he goes out and wins. The game is so much better when Brooks contends and when he competes and it's, I want to see it, but I'm not sure where the evidence is. Yeah, I talked to Andy about this a little bit on his show earlier this week, and he kind of has this theory on Brooks that, you know, obviously the majors matter to him, but he's kind of said before that, like, golf is boring and blah, 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 and maybe these tournaments become mundane to him and walkthroughs, and if he doesn't start really hot, he just kind of mentally ejects. This tournament seems to grab his attention. I think the fan atmosphere really sort of fuels some of the competitiveness that is within him that he know that he has. 
I think it's a spot where he can definitely turn it around if things are going the right way. I just don't feel it coming, man. Okay, this is a larger conversation for a different day, and it's it's eight fifty, and I want to move on. But the, but isn't it a problem if you? just cannot motivate yourself and focus yourself except for four times a year. Isn't that a problem? It is. If you can't motivate yourself for the farmers at Tory or the Honda in your backyard or these other tournaments that he just shows up to and badly misses a cut for the Houston, which you're like, they've got bobbleheads out there for you and you still can't make a cut. <laughs> it's like, it's been, it's been a tough, tough run for him for sure. I, I'm, you know me, I'm hopeful that he turns it around, but, um, I don't see it this week. So am I. I hope he wins it because it'd be great for the game. It'd be amazing, but I, I'm not sure there's much evidence for that. Okay, so here, here's what I want to do, Joe. It's 8.51. So we've got about four or five minutes, four minutes or so before I got to let Joe go do his thing. So what I want to do is I want to kind of go deep down the board, Joe, because there's okay. going to be a lot of value here. We've talked a lot about there's so many good big names in this field, but there's there's also guys that I could be interested in, like a Sepp Straka or a Kramer Hickok or even Cameron Young got into this field today. He's $2.44. Let's find some value on this board uh outside of you know the top 30 guys yeah i like a little austin ekrot uh i was on him in in jock market i believe last week he started out really well and then yeah. had a horrible miscut but um if he can put together a couple rounds hayden buckley got in late who had been playing some really good golf we've seen something weird about these guys who get into the tournament at the last second and like can't prepare and come out and make a cut in top 40 We'll see if maybe that's him this week. Um, yeah, he got in. He got in with the web withdrawal, so very, very late. He's now in that like featured group with. Uh, I think it's Brooks <laughs> and somebody else. He's get thrown gets thrown right into the fire. You're right. You're right. Who was the other guy? Oh, um, a dollar a share right now. Ricky Fowler. Oh, interesting Ricky. one. Obviously, a spot that he likes. We've seen glimpses. We have not seen a full tournament. I think it was. Was it the Summit Club where he was leading for a while, which yeah, I think him can and, draw him and Rory. Some, yeah, um, right you can draw maybe some comps in terms of desert golf and really fast greens and par five scoring and stuff like that. Always seems to play well here, at least when he was in sort of his his prime. Um, could be a good spot for a bounce back currently at a dollar a share. I feel like there will be some public sentiment that'll pick that up probably to around four bucks. Okay. Um, I, I, I think that's interesting. I, I do like that kind of desert golf comp. Uh, HB three is in this field. What are your thoughts right? on guys? Do you put any stock into guys that had to come from Saudi Arabia or none in terms of tra uh, like travel, like no. discounting someone for travel? What about previous win? Like, do you discount him for coming from Saudi and winning? I care more. I would discount it more that it was finally like a big win, a big breakthrough big win, win that yeah. there's going to be a hangover compared yeah. to uh, the like he didn't fly coach home, right? I'm no. positive of that. Uh, but it, it was kind of weird. Did you stay up and watch it at all? Did you, did you watch it? I did not know, but it was like it was one of those tweets that I saw right when it happened and had chills for him because he's obviously a guy that we all root for, but I would, didn't watch it live. He, he tried to give it away on like 14 and 15. Like he, like he has, like he had, right, right. Like he's done so many times <laughs> and then he makes a miracle, you know, kind of Eagle on 18 to shock the world. So like, I, I love HV three. I actually, I saw his name earlier and I was like, okay, this is, this seems like it, 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 if I were to compare this to football, like the biggest letdown spot in the history yeah. of letdown spots is the way that I feel about it. Right. This is beating the Patriots on the road and coming back to play uh, the dolphins at home. Yeah, exactly right. All right, Joe, I got to get you. I got to get you on All the right, move man. here. Uh, 8.54 p.m. Eastern time by my clock. So here's where uh, Joe goes and does uh, his bidding. And we check in on his portfolio uh, in just a few minutes. So I'll take you the rest of the way here. And in about three minutes, we're going to enter a 90-second window. That 90-second window will close this IPO at any time. And the reason they do that randomly is so that people can't write bots and things like that to um, – to jump in in the last millisecond and, and steal up all the shares. So it's really, really smart. Uh, John Rahm is $11 and 11 cents. So he is uh, the most expensive golfer by a pretty significant gap here. And he is the number one pre-ranked golfer. 11, 11 is asking him to finish ninth or better. 
Uh, Rom, remember, ha- is the most expensive golfer in in jock market IPO history. This event last year, twelve dollars and fifty one cents. We'll see if he snaps through that. Justin Thomas is next, eight ninety four. Victor Hovland, eight thirty three. Those two have stayed near the top for the vast majority of this evening. And then you get a bunch of guys lining up right at the bottom of the eight: Hideki Matsuyama, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay. I'm going to sort this by the top ten golfers. Um, the cheapest top ten golfer that you can buy right now is Jordan Spieth, nine ninth. In the pre-rank, $6 a share. Jordan Spieth finished runner-up. No, yes, runner-up last week at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He's $6 a share. He's the most uh, uh, affordable golfer in the top 10. Let me give this board a refresh here. Remember, we are at 8.56 p.m. Eastern time, so this uh, market is going to close in about, I don't know, two minutes or so. Okay, Victor Hovland has just surpassed John Rom. So now Hovland, or excuse me, Justin Thomas. That would be crazy if he surpassed John Rom. Uh, he has surpassed Justin Thomas. He's now nine dollars per share. Uh, seeing a little bit of movement on Scotty Scheffler, seven oh nine, and those concerns about a potential withdrawal from Daniel Berger at least silenced for the moment. Six dollars and eighty three cents a share. Big jump there from Jordan Spieth. So Jordan Spieth is now six dollars and seventy five cents. Interested to see what people do with Seamus Power. Seamus Power was unstoppable for the first 36 holes last week. Shot a 74 at Monterey Peninsula on Saturday and kind of just never improved. Finished T9. Did, in fact, return a 44% ROI and now three consecutive winning weeks for Seamus Power. And four out of his last five have been winners. Seamus has been really, really good. Brooks Kepka, 575. Same price as Taylor Gooch, who I could argue... Uh, this could be a pretty good spot for old Taylor Gooch. I think it's a pretty good spot to buy in. So we'll see how that goes this evening. HV3 off that big victory and now up to $4.52. We're in that period. I'm going to try to do a refresh here. We are now in that 92nd window where this IPO phase can close at any time. Uh, could be now, could be in 10 seconds, could be in 80 seconds. So we're seeing a lot of bids coming in right now. And John Rahm... Obviously, still your most expensive golfer, $11.57. That means you are asking him to finish about ninth or better. Justin Thomas has retaken the second most expensive golfer. He's now $9.08 a share. Victor Hovland, $9.01. Patrick Cantlay, okay, moving up the board a little bit, $8.85. That was a big jump in the last couple of seconds. He's now ahead of Hideki Matsuyama and Xander Shoffley. Sam Burns is a name we haven't talked about this evening. He's $6.74 as he's coming off two consecutive losing weeks. But before that, it was five straight winners for Sam Burns. So we'll see what he's able to accomplish this week. I'm going to try to sneak in another refresh here i might be too late this might be trying to close on me we're gonna find out but it's 858 by my clock we're still open i just made one and we're still open and joe's still bidding so you should still be trying to outbid him 1178 for john rom i do i no longer think he's going to break the ipo record because i think he would have had to have done it by now uh justin thomas 933 so that's a two dollar and 50 cent gap essentially between john rom and the rest of the world that's the sentiment on him at the moment i want to scroll down a little bit down the board and see what i can find kevin kisner 399 he's someone that we were played bullish and bearish with we set his fair value at 457 he's now three dollars and 99 cents let me see if i can find bubba watson 583. We set his fair value at 601. So he they're both below that fair value. Lou you stays in at 712, exactly on his fair value. We use seven dollars and thirteen cents. And then Xander Shoffley, who is 835, he's also below about 30 cents below his fair value. So there is some uh potential value out there if you're bullish on those golfers. 859. We got to be moments away from this closing. Uh, I'm gonna refresh one more time, and I think we've tapped out John Rom. $11.78 feels like that's where he's going to finish unless someone's going to swoop in and change that in the next second or two. But eleven seventy eight, Thomas is nine fifty. Can't lay with a big run at the end here. He's now nine twenty six. He's the third most expensive golfer. Is that it? We're closed. All right, shut that's it, it. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. IPO is closed. We're gonna let the dust settle here. Um. We're going to let the dust settle. I'll get my data all situated and we'll get Joe's portfolio in here in just one second. How, don't tell us who, but how many guys, Joe, did you end up with? I believe I have seven. Hopefully they all move over because I had a couple right on that bid line. So I don't know if I would get all of them, but um, I'll tell you in a second. 
I had seven late. Okay, I'm gonna try to refresh this big board here. Make sure I have the most up to date. I think I do. Oh no, they haven't come over yet. Okay, so um, do you know who you have at this point, Joe? Yes. Okay, let's go through your portfolio, and then I'll refresh my board. Okay, I have Cantlay and Hovland at the top. Took them okay. both. So I you missed, were you were did. you were part of that uh, that run on Cantlay in the last like thirty seconds. Yes. So I had Hovland very early at nine twenty five, um, and then I made a made a move on Cantlay at the very end. He's just been so consistent. He's proven if you you can kind of get him at a high price, he returns it. Then. I have Jordan Spieth. I didn't get many shares. They got chopped down a bit. And Sam Burns, a guy who we didn't talk about. Um, gosh, this guy was just doing it all, and it seemed like he may be a little bit forgotten about this week on a course that I think sets up really well for his strengths. Then the three sort of cheaper guys that I went with, two in the mid-threes were Francesco Molinari and Russell Knox. Like and that. then at $2.50, I took a little flyer on uh, our guy, Harry Higgs. So those are my seven. Uh, drop who you guys got in the uh, chat. I always like to see that uh, kind of kind of associate your guys' names with who you got. That's always fun for me and everybody else. So um, that's my portfolio, man. What do you think? Cantley, Hovland, Spieth, Burns, Molinari, Knox, Higgs. I like it. You got the, got some studs there at the top. You got some flyers down there at the bottom. And in the process, you stole Cantley shares from Austin, who said, I missed Cantley late. Thanks, Joe. I, I think that's how he said it. Thanks, Joe. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, is how I would say it. Uh, Andrew got Berger, Louie, Mitchell. That's Keith Mitchell. Aaron Wise, uh, Kim, maybe Siwoo Kim, and Putnam which is an interesting little portfolio. Brendan yeah. got Scotty, uh, Scotty Scott. So that's Scotty Scheffler, Adam Scott, Luke List, Gary Woodland, Sebastian Munoz. So some pretty I decent like Woodland, uh, yeah. pretty decent portfolios out there, I would say. Nice. Yeah, the one guy I missed out on Brooks late. He was sitting down there at like 575. I was going to be embarrassed if I didn't take him at that price. He crept up a little bit. I'm kind of at ease that I don't have him because those would have been some nervous shares. But um, yeah, everything else seemed to kind of go as planned. What did Rom finish up, Rick? Yeah, so uh, he he really didn't move late. So 11.78, you know, we got to like 11.60 early. He found a lot of resistance there, which is reasonable considering 11.78 is the third most expensive he's ever been. So while we didn't break the record tonight, uh, he, he is getting towards kind of uncharted territory a little bit. 11.78, $2.28 more than Justin Thomas went at 9.50. Yeah. Pretty big gap. Anything stick out to you elsewise in like the sort of top 20 there? I think Spieth at 7.22. Um, yeah. You know, like he's obviously risky. But played well last week, played well here last year. Um, mm -hmm. For someone with a lot of winning upside, 722 is surprising to me. You know, he's below yeah. Scotty Scheffler. He's below a potentially banged up Daniel Berger. I, I just think that that's a little cheap. Right. Gooch. Three guys there, Gooch, Connors, and Finau, all really good ball strikers. I think all set up really well for this course, all not great putting prowesses that they're exactly known for. But I think those are fair prices on all those guys. Gooch is kind of interesting because he was on such a tear where everyone was everyone was yeah. betting him. Everyone was getting shares of him in jock market. And then he missed one bad cut at the Amex in a weird event and sort of backdoored that top 20 at the Farmers where he had a really good Sunday. I think he gained like five strokes on the field on that Sunday to get into a T20 position and return you a little ROI. I wouldn't be surprised to see him bounce back and kind of rebound on some of that form from the fall here. Yeah, I com I completely agree with you there. Um, I'm, I'm probably surprised that Bubba didn't go for more. 583, yeah. I just think that... Um, you know, th there are three Bubba tracks or four Bubba tracks. It's, yeah. it's here, it's Riviera, it's River Highlands, and it's Augusta. So I, I and with him playing well last week, I just thought, um, you know, he'd probably, I thought he'd be up here with like Russell Henley, right? Like that, that 
echelon yeah, of, of, of golfer. So uh, surprised to see that Bubba didn't go for more expensive, more expensive. Yeah, in terms of like his betting number, it was right there with Henley and Louie and Finau and those guys. So yeah, it does seem a little bit cheap. You mentioned it's a great Bubba track and he has fun and definitely welcomes sort of the crowd. He's throwing stuff out. He's making TikToks in the bunker. So he <laughs> likes this event a good bit. I think he'll have some, have himself a good week. I like Kisner at three ninety nine. Um, mm-hmm. I like Knox at three fifty. I think he's on your in your portfolio as well. Um, Hayden Buckley, who just got into this field, went for three dollars and forty four cents. That's fun to see. Yeah. Um, Who's a- cheap? That might be like a nice pick. Do you think? Let's see. Yeah. So there's a weird stat about Grillo, um, yeah. where where uh, strength of field. Where when it, the strength of field is like 500 to 600, which is a, 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 a it's not a major championship, but it's like your invitationals, um, your memorials, like your 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 really meaty fields. He's been awesome in them. <laughs> yeah, so so great. it's like I I don't know if it's course setup, if it's just a coincidence, but uh, his name popped up in in that situation for two dollars and seventy six cents. Yeah, see if Matt Neesmith isn't bad. Yeah, Grio, that's a that's a great price on Grio. Neesmith is three. I had him last week. He missed the cut on MDF. Kind of had one bad day there, um, but he had been in really good form, sort of coming in and was first round leader at this event, I believe, last year. One thing before before we leave here, Rick, that I got to mention: this is a chaser spot. Yep. Like, and that's perfect for Jock Market. We've seen like Ricky almost just implode a huge lead. We saw Finau blow like Webb was out of that thing with three or four holes to go and got himself into a playoff and won. Brooks won from being six back. I know we talked about it last year, headed into the back nine. That is not a normal thing on the PGA Tour. This tournament, I think the closing stretch of holes with the two far par fives, the drivable par four, the environment on 16. Like if you're sitting on a two stroke lead, it's nervy getting this thing into the clubhouse. And it's also really fun place to kind of chase. The PGA Tour loves this spot, and they built this course specifically to create excitement down the stretch. And I think if you pay attention to some numbers uh, heading into the back nine on Sunday, you might be able to find the winner uh, six or seven spots down the board. I like it a lot. You're absolutely right. The way this place sets up is just begging for action down the stretch. Let me give away a little more cash before we get out of here. Brett boy, Brett boy, you are on the board. Congratulations. 20 bucks coming in your direction. And uh, Joe, always a good time with you on Wednesday nights. You and I will be back to do it all again. Same time, same place next week. Absolutely. Can't wait. Riv baby. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. Hopefully you uh, saved a little bit in the portfolio to roll over into the Super Bowl slate. I'm sure that they're doing some great giveaways, so uh, pay attention to their feed. I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I know that they've got some content. They're doing like the raffles and stuff too, I think. for for Yeah, there's a lot, of, giving away a lot a of, money of money out there. Yeah. yeah, they're giving away a ton of money. So stay tuned to their feeds. Um, enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, everyone. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Follow Joe on Twitter at Tour Picks. You can find me at Rick Run Good. Use the code POWER to get yourself up to a $50 deposit bonus. Goodbye.